0: Why are workers leaving their jobs in droves and not taking the millions of new ones available to them? And you have to remember, this isn't just a labor shortage. It's a labor shift.
1: Everyone I know was changing jobs or stepping off the career
0: ladder. It was a lot of reflection time. I know what I want out of my career. Might as well just make the move. Nearly 3% of workers, or 4.3 million Americans, quit their jobs in December 2021, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Sectors like retail and leisure and hospitality have been hit hardest, but no industry has been immune from the mass exodus of workers, including fintech, healthcare, IT, manufacturing, and all types of businesses and professional services. With so many open positions and potential employees in flux, the talent industry is facing a critical inflection point. Many companies are navigating these challenges by applying the principles of resilience. To hiring and retention efforts. Welcome back to Yo's podcast, Back to Work. I'm your host, Joe McIntyre, and on this podcast, we discuss the unprecedented mass exodus that companies have witnessed over the past several months, what factors are causing so many Americans to leave their places of employment, and what companies need to do moving forward to maintain employee performance. Today, I'm excited to welcome Matt Rivera, Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Yo. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Joe. Thanks. Great to be here. So on our first episode of our second season, Matt is here with us to discuss the topic of talent resilience. So Matt, maybe let's start off with a general question. What exactly is talent resilience in hiring? It's a great question. I I think
1: talent resilience simply is the ability to hire when you need to, right? So it's building the resources, partnerships, processes, all those things that are necessary. To ensure you can get the talent you need into your organization and and when you need it, I mean that's kind of the key, right? So, and one of the keys that I'm sure we'll touch on later is to make sure you don't fall behind in your hiring and and that you are spending some time planning for future hiring and it not just and it's not really just about all the numbers and and just having a lot of and saying oh you know we've got a great pipeline we've got a lot of people it's having the right people and then having them when you need them. And and that's a key, and that's really um, what we're seeing right now is, uh, you know, you might think you have enough people, you might think you have, or be, be able to find the right people, uh, but are you going to have them when you need them and when, you know, supplies are in or when demand is high? So there's all kinds of things around talent resilience, but it's simply you, you have to have the people
0: you need when you need them. And as someone who's been in the HR field pretty much your entire career, um, and especially considering today's climate, how important is talent resilience for hiring managers looking for you know stability in the workplace? We we talk about this idea of stability in hiring all the time. Um, why is it so important in, in HR and in hiring specifically?
1: Yeah. Wow. So you say a word like stability. What wouldn't we all like a little bit of stability right now, right? And especially if <laughs> you're a hiring manager. Um, and I think the pandemic has been a hard lesson for most hiring managers and just most companies, right? It's it's pulled back the covers on. All the things I I think I've seen, the companies have been quietly struggling with for years, right? Questions like, um, what kind of talent do I need to keep my business running, and where will I find the talent? You know, is do we have it? Are are we building it? Are we developing it? Um, And and what happens if I can't find the talent I need? You know, how do I you know use the talent I have, for example? So it's not a new problem. But it's certainly been exacerbated by the pandemic and people leaving the workforce uh, and what we're seeing with the current war for talent, right? There, there are fewer people and those people have more options. That's why, you know, right now, especially, but, you know, I mean, again, this is nothing new. It's it's important to analyze and plan for how you get talent into your organization, when you're gonna need talent, and what kind of talent, And, you know, so I think today is a really good example of what's happening today of what, you know, many companies didn't prepare for and haven't prepared for for many years and have been struggling with. But now it's just hit, you know, a tipping point. And I think we're really in
0: many industries far past the tipping point. So, Matt, I alluded to this in the introduction a bit, but why has there been a mass exodus in fintech, healthcare, IT, manufacturing and across industries? Is it simply because... People are being asked to come back into the office and so they're unhappy with it. Are there other factors beyond just COVID-19 that are uh, impacting this, this deficit that we're, many are facing?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, yeah. one of the things uh, you can hear, uh, they have no problem finding construction people here. So that, that's a good thing, <laughs> they're in the office um, working. But the, um, I think there are a couple of things. One certainly is um, there's, there's a conflict now between how we were working and how we're working today or how people want to work right so there there is some kind of conflict with hey i i don't want to go back to the way it was you know but i will say you know some people have been some people never left the the office and some people you know have not been in an office in two years so you got all kinds of different experiences so i think that's one issue right is how do we how do we recreate and evolve the workplace uh so that we can help people Uh, And and this is something we can touch on later too, is how how can we help people become resilient themselves? Uh, That's, you know, that's kind of a bigger issue. But um, I think the other thing is technology is so pervasive right now, right? Every industry, every place you can think uses technology. And so everybody is looking for technology people. Everybody is looking for well, healthcare is obvious, right? We, there's just not enough people in healthcare right now, so and they're tired and they're you know, overworked and you know all of those things. But I think that's happening in many industries. Uh, but I think that with the uh, and and technology is only going to get more pervasive. Technology is in everything we use and uh, especially in in industries like healthcare, where uh, the technology taking a bigger. Uh, portion of those jobs, right? They're doing analysis. They're creating uh, better ways to um, help people with their health, and that's creating, you know, a pull from other industries that never used to get their technology people, you know, pulled away from them. And and so I think that's kind of a two, you know, kind of a two-pronged issue that we're having right now with talent, and in, in, especially in technology areas, and certainly in healthcare.
0: Yeah, I I know for a lot of hiring managers out there, it can seem overwhelming with the number of roles they need to fill and the challenges that they faced in in filling those roles. Can you explain what exactly a talent deficit analysis is uh, as it relates to filling those roles and what its impact could be on a on a hiring team?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, and and I've been kind of thinking about this for years about, you know, um, how you look at and, and you know, kind of the analysis part is looking at how. Uh, talent comes into and leaves your organization right so you have to ask yourself ask your company ask your you know um hr team ask your um hiring managers are we catching up or are we falling behind you know if you're you know talent deficit is just like it sounds right so if you had you know five people you needed to hire in january and you only hired two of those people and then you got another five people you want to hire in february um, you've got three more left over from January, so now you've got eight people to hire, and that can continue. And I think many companies are struggling with that now. I think they were doing it before, but I think that's where you have to have some kind of analysis that says, uh, are we are we ever going to catch up? Can we catch up? Where can we catch up, and how can we catch up? Or you know, are we always going to be in a deficit for certain skills, or always you're know, going to have a struggle getting these skills in. And what does that mean to our business? What does that mean to our company right now? You know, for many companies that that's, you know, it, it's stopping the presses. It's it's slowing things down. It's um, holding things up from, you know, all kinds of, you know, parts and, and pieces of the supply chain. I was listening to a really good conversation about the supply chain and everybody thinks it's like, oh, you put, you know, it's a, it's a product that you put on the boat it just shows up at your house. And that's the problem. It's not getting on the boat or whatever. There are like a myriad of, of issues around, you know, that actual product getting built in the first place or getting put on that ship or, you know, making it
0: to the port or getting it from the port to your house. How how can we develop resilience and stay motivated uh, in the face of these chronic negative stresses or changes in the workforce to, to what people are being demanded of um, in their daily jobs? How do hiring managers build this kind of Inclusive employee experience. It may seem like a, a pretty heavy and a loaded question there, but uh, it's important, I think, in in this in this climate we're in. Yeah,
1: it's it's certainly the big challenge, right? Today is it, uh, you know, when we're talking to people, is it money? Is it flexibility? It's you know what what you're doing. Yeah, what's going to make you happy? And I think that, like many things, it starts with communication, right? So um, having a conversation about with employees about what they need and how they need to be supported and, you know, used to be working from home or being flexible. All this idea of flexibility was only available to some types of workers and some industries. Like we heard about it, but you know, a lot of people were still going to an office and still doing all of that stuff. Um, And and we have the spectrum of people, right. Who have, some have never been working from home, you know, and, and they have just been, they've been hearing about this whole time and going, I can't work from home that's just not something I can do. Or, you know, the way things are produced or the way I work just doesn't lend itself to that. And then there's people who haven't been in an office in two years. And now you're asking both of those to just come back and kind of, you know, get back into the mix. So I think that, you know, their experiences are so much different that I think that the answer, or part of the answer to the question is, how do we help people be more resilient themselves, right? That's gonna help our, that's going to help um, us create a resilient talent supply chain for our company, right? To say, look, if I have resilient people that, you know, can change with me when things happen. Nobody expected a pandemic, right? And, you know, when that happened, some people just great, I'm over here now, I'm doing this. And other people were like, wow, I can't do this. I'm out. I'm done. And maybe we could have kept some of those people if we would have helped them. Be resilient, or we we had been more sensitive to, you know, what do you need? How do you need to be supported? And and why, um, you know, okay, is is it all or nothing? Is it that you know you can't do the the whole job now, or you can't do a part of the job? Or um, I don't, you know, I, I maybe I didn't look for another job for you to do that might have been you know helpful to our company, but instead I lost you because you just said look, I'm out, I can't work like I used to, or like you asking me or you're forcing me to. And I think those are conversations that you have to have and hiring managers have to have. And it can't be just like totally casual either, like free for all, everybody just do what you want. Because that's anarchy and that's going to be, you know, that's probably not going to be productive in the long run or sustainable. We've heard about, you know, companies that have, you know, um, unlimited uh, PTO, right? And you hear all different experiences with that. Some people are like, yeah, it's a myth, right? I can't take off when I really want to. Other people are like, yeah, I can mostly take off, but I still schedule it. And it was still like it was before. And if I can't be gone for two months, cause you know, my job, you know they need me there at some point. So it's, you know, those types of things you have to navigate. But I think we're much more in tune, or we should be much more empathetic now with our with our employees to say, what do you need to be resilient? How can I help you be resilient? And and we're gonna be on this path for a while, right? So, you know, going through two years of anything will, you know, will change you and it's changed all of us. So I think that it's a really important conversation right now and it would help us and can help companies um, overall be more resilient if they can help their employees be more resilient.
0: It seems that, you know, a key part in this is flexibility, not just in hiring managers being Flexible in what they offer to their um, to the employees or folks they're looking to hire, but those hiring managers themselves being more flexible in the skills that they're demanding of candidates these days. Uh, you know, being more open to some soft skills, being more open to developing learning and training programs to get the right people in the door and then train them from there. Why is it so important that these hiring managers um, and and people looking to to fill roles be more flexible in the types of people they're looking for? Certainly the 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 dearth of, uh, of candidates is, is one aspect, but just in general, um, you know, how can hiring managers be more open to these soft skills and how do they develop programs to, to emphasize them without, you know, looking for only that perfect candidate?
1: I think it's important that people who have uh, potential are really considered and looked at differently then maybe we looked at them before, right? So people with good soft skills, the ability to learn, the ability to move into different roles and be flexible and take on new challenges. Uh, I think we always thought, you know, that idea of hiring for potential was good and and you wanted people with potential, but I think most hiring managers are like, look, I've got a job to do. I need them to be able to do A, B, C, D, E. That's, you know, if they can't do all of those, um, I'm not going to teach them B right i'm i just i don't have time or i don't whatever and i've got to go on to the next hire so i think that you know people thought about it and they did in some cases hire for potential but totally different ball game now right so if you have that you know talent and resources that can identify potential and you know, that can help you be more resilient when things change. And I think we're finding that. You can take an IT person and probably, you know, help them learn a fintech system, for example, or something that you know is specific to a specific uh, industry, or someone in product engineering who worked on phones, you know, might be able to work on you know an infotainment system. What's the difference? Probably not a whole lot in, in how they function, those types of things. Um, So I think the other aspect is the, you know, ability to um, bridge with those soft skills and some of those experiential skills, um, technology and the user experience, right? So a good communicator can help translate those from like an engineering standpoint, how it actually works, to a user experience. And that might be a different person than we've thought about before. And that might be a person you have who may have that experience. They just may be doing something else right now. So... I think that that's, you know, part of the part of the issue and part of that resilience and part of building resilience into uh, your, your talent acquisition uh, supply chain and how you do things is to say, you know, where are the, where are the must haves, where are the things we've got, you know, critical core skills and then where are the things where, you know, um, maybe we could you know, pivot a little bit or use somebody who, who might be in a different place or a different industry or a different um, specialty area uh, and bring them into this project to maybe, you know, provide a different perspective. And, you know, you, there's really going to be times when you're just going to have to make that decision. There, there's going to be, and I think a lot of hiring managers today are still set on that, you know, list of skills I've got to have. And some of those people just don't exist and don't exist in the numbers that that we see. So I think it's important to have
0: that flexibility, uh, but I think potential has become bigger than ever. Yeah, I mean, it, we've talked about this before, but the, that talent deficit analysis are working with the talent expert to kind of see where those holes are and not just where they are, but if you even have a hole here, can we move someone from another project that you just said that may have that skill um, is it difficult for hiring managers to sometimes do a, um, let's say a fair analysis of their, of their talent gaps, um, because they could be sometimes, you know, so blind to what they need that they don't see the talent sometimes right in front of them. Uh,
1: yeah, well, absolutely. And, and so there's two, two sides to that is there's the hiring manager who, you know, has projects and things to get done. They don't have time, right. number one. And then there's also the, the hiring manager who only hires occasionally. So if I only hire every you know, couple of months, I'm not thinking about six months, a year from now. I'm thinking about, you know, I'm going to have to, I got to get this hire done. I've got to get them onboarded and on the project and going. So you know, their head's in a different space. That's why you, know, you need other resources. You need other help to think about, you know, are we in a talent deficit? And do we have this, you know, you need to listen to the hiring managers, you need to communicate with them, but I think it's really hard to expect that they're going to be thinking that way, you know, on a daily basis. And certainly, it's probably harder than ever to to really get your head around the future and, and decide, okay, what am I going to do right now that's going to help me in the future, but while still getting my projects
0: done or still, you know, doing everything I need to do with my current employees. So from someone working on the inside for for Yo and has been for a while, what are some of those examples or best practices, I guess, of those clients of Yo or, you know, Yo partnerships uh, where people have been filling their gaps pretty well? What are they doing right? Um, what is kind of the the key, if you will, to, uh, to retaining and recruiting in this pretty tough uh, environment we're in? Yeah,
1: so I think there's a couple of things that are really important. I think the first thing, probably the most important is using multiple resources and just kind of looking across your organization, what, you know, and, and it's different even within an organization, right? So the technology folks are going to have, you know, different needs and somebody who's in, you know, a corporate support role or finance or, you know, other skills and certainly in, in health, even across healthcare, right? So there's, you know, there's people that are delivering the healthcare and there's people that are. Um, working behind the scenes and on the technology and, and the machines and uh, medical devices and things that would go into a hospital all of those things there's a there's a ton of things and those are all different kinds of hiring so you gotta have multiple resources you have to have don't rely you can't rely on single things and, and we've learned that with like uh, in hiring with job boards and all those other things you know there's There's different ones that are hot for different reasons and and at different times, but you can't rely on them because everybody's using them. Everybody's got them. So you gotta, you gotta cultivate multiple resources. Try to stay ahead of that your talent needs. You know, that that talent deficit analysis is good to just stop and it may give, you know, everybody a a minute to say, yeah, you're right. You know, I can't catch up. How do we how do we catch up or how do we mitigate, you know, the risk of us not having the talent? Um, we talked about it a little earlier, right? Talking to your hiring managers, right? So I don't think we're gonna rely on them to solve things like this, but we can ask them like, hey, you know, what's really causing you the most pain? When are you gonna need these people? Uh, let's look six months, let's look a year ahead and think about how we get people in, your, in our pipeline. And then the last one, I think you know, to kind of keep it simple is um, you have to hire and recognize potential right? So you, you might have people in your organization that could help in different areas, or you might need to bring on somebody who has a different kind of experience and maybe teach them more about your specific area or industry. And uh, and that might actually yield different results. So that's, you know, you, you might get the diversity of thought that takes you in a different direction or helps you innovate. So I think that that's another key one that we I don't think you know, really companies or hiring managers really have a choice now, because I think if you wait for just the right person or you wait until you can find enough of the people you want, um, I don't think that's ever going to come. I don't, I think it's getting harder and harder. And I'm hearing in many industries that they don't expect that, you know, everybody's saying this is kind of the way it is right now, many industries, I think they expect that it will never go back to the way it was and we will never have enough people and people will not come back to these jobs they've left.
0: Um, So you you, you need to look at it and then you need to plan accordingly. Yeah, it can sound scary, but, um, you know, with the right strategies in place, uh, people are being more creative than than ever in in their hiring, it seems. Um, So while it can be overwhelming that these holes will never be filled, but um, it just requires a kind of a shift, right, in in thinking about how we fill these gaps and and who we work with to fill them. Yeah, and I'll
1: I'll add the the last thing I would add is there's no – We tend to think in in calendar years and there's fiscal years and all kinds of other things, right? There is none of that when it comes to talent, right? You should not be like, oh, we're gonna do an analysis in January for the beginning of the year. We're gonna do it at the end of the year for the next year. You gotta do it all the time. You You need to be looking at this on an ongoing basis and there is no timeline that says one time a year is better than the other or whatever. If you're not doing it on a regular basis then you're gonna you're gonna fall behind or you're gonna wake
0: up one day and realize wow um, we're really in a bind and nobody wants to be there well matt i want to thank you for for joining us today uh, and sharing your insights on talent resilience uh it's a great conversation and i'm sure we'll have you back pretty soon
1: absolutely my pleasure nice talking to you Joe.
0: great and i also want to thank our listeners for tuning in to yo's back to work podcast to hear future episodes of the podcast Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen in. For Yo's Back to Work, I'm Joe McIntyre. Thanks for listening.